The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on this is Sunday. About the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Guys, up, giddy up. Welcome to Failure to Stop Night Shift. Failure to Stop is the number one channel where police meets society and culture. And this is True Crime Tuesday going forward in the next uh, five more weeks. And we launch the new Night Shift. And this show becomes True Crime Tuesdays with Andrea Uplate. It'll still be the same beautiful and audacious Andrea Uplate on Tuesday Night Live. It'll just be uh, minus me most weeks. And um, and I will be doing another show called Night Shift, which is all uh, not true crime. It is all uh, weird conspiracy. We got like 10 shows lined up. We've got the Glock Bell from Antarctica, the Nazi Bell there. We've got the uh, real truths about Pompeii and the uh, the prostitution rings in Pompeii back in the day and all just sorts of weird uh, creatures and stuff. So five more weeks from that. But tonight it's all about true crime. We have an unsolved mystery tonight that we're excited to get into. Tonight's show is brought to you by none other than ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Sleep so good it's scary. We also have Factor healthy, fully prepared meals on the go, delivered fresh, never frozen, right to your door. And then we also have mybookie.com. And please, if you want to get in on the betting action with us starting next week, we are going to be doing some betting games online. Take that little lottery fund that you police officers and first responders all have and your little UFC side betting games. Go to mybookie.com, register with promo code Wolfpack. You know, all sorts of bonuses and stuff and get ready. We're going to start doing like some entertainment bets for the UFC fights coming up at the end of the, uh, at the end of the month. So if you want to get on that, and do some entertainment betting with us and have a good time with it. Uh, again, put your lotto money aside and go to mybookie.com and use the promo code Wolfpack and register today so you can get up on all that. Uh, but tonight it's all about Crystal Rogers and the Bardstown murders, which was a case delivered to Andrea's doorsteps by a fan. So, Andrea, I'm going to turn it over to you, girl. Yes. <clears throat> hello, hello, everybody. Um, absolutely. Let me get his name. Well, I know it, but I want to make sure I say it correctly. Rarity McGangliouch. Yes, very close. When I was a kid, Andrea, when I was a kid on the playgrounds, every time I got in trouble and somebody didn't know who I was, I would tell them my name was Rarity McGangliouch. Where'd you get that? I'm not sure, but it was a thing and it stuck. So they'd be like, come here, young man. What is your name? I'm like, Rarity, Rarity McGangliouch. And it worked like a charm because it would be like, okay, okay, miss. Okay. All right. Well, you just you guys you guys need to scoot. You know what I mean? No get chance to remember yeah. that. Yeah, just get, get on, on out. out. Yeah. Scat now. Yeah, here. Uh, yeah, Ryan. Lastly, so Ryan actually sent me uh, the idea for this back in October. So Ryan is a great uh, case for the idea of if you send me a case you want me to look into, and I tell you that I will look into it and I don't cover it, it's either because I didn't want to or because I <laughs> forgot you asked me to. And in Ryan's case, I totally forgot about this case. And just recently, he sent another message just saying, hey, did you ever get a chance to look at that? And I told him very honestly that no, I hadn't, but I had forgotten who sent it to me um, because I remember it looking wild when I looked into it before. So we are, we, I've gone back and forth with Ryan a little bit. 
Um, this is an interesting one. I have talked to the uncle of the victim in this case, and I have been on and off of the phone all day, pretty much, um, with a police officer that was quite involved. You'll learn, you'll, as we weave the tale, you'll understand how he might've been involved, but we're going to keep his name, uh, a little bit quiet here, but I'll let you know on some insight. He gave me that after, well, we didn't have a show last week. So for two weeks I've been scouring on this case and it has taken every drop of that until like the last hour, uh, to get the info. So I I can't wait to hear it. I can't wait to hear it. For those of you out there who heard her say that she doesn't want to get to it. Also, I think you should take that personally. Um, It means not only did she not want to do the case, but she doesn't like you on a personal level. So feel free to go onto the social media webs and Instagram, talk bad about her. Um, diss her. Yes. In our review portion on iTunes, talk all about it. One star review and how she didn't cover (laughs) your story and how she personally hates you. And um, she doesn't support the troops. You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, obviously. (laughs) Just make sure you do it in the iTunes reviews guys. Okay. (laughs) But leave a five star with the bad review. (laughs) Those are my favorite when they're like, man, I really hate these guys or whatever. They got this wrong. They got that right. But they still leave you five stars. (laughs) Real American hero. <laughs> um, Real American hero. Okay. So I'm going to get started with some pop culture news as we do. And this is where we have our fake pop culture uh, intro. Pop culture. Pop culture. Right. Yeah. Um, pop culture. So this case took place in 2015. Um, so Adele, I feel like the past. I don't know, month that we've done this, Adele has been here somehow. Adele's song Hello was released. Star Wars The Force Awakens came out. Jurassic World also came out that year. The Apple Watch was introduced. I didn't, I guess I didn't realize we've had those puppies around for eight years. Right? Oh, the Apple Watches? Yeah, 2015. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I know. I get annoyed um, because uh, Drew on our show, the easy. Steezy breezy, breezy beautiful. Uh, he always is talking to me on his. Uh, I call him Dick Tracy. <laughs> you know, you remember the Dick Tracy watches, the, like decoder. Yeah, like he's always like, "Go ahead, Eric, come on in, Eric." I'm like, "This is Commissioner Tansy looking for Dick Tracy." <laughs> um. Yes, Tesla introduced autopilot in 2015, and most importantly, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner broke up in 2015. Oh, and Sarah Kelch got a 2015 Nissan Ultima this week. Um, saw that all over the social media web. So great job. Does your mermaid tail fit in the backseat? She's, gotta, put the mermaid she's tail gotta cut the out like a little hole for her right foot to push the gas pedal in. <laughs> I would love to pull over Sarah Kelch as an officer, pull her over and be like, ma'am, step out. And she's like, I can't. I'm like, she just out flops right out now. onto flops the ground. Like a fish. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been drinking tonight? She's like, wow, <laughs> oh (laughs) Oh my goodness so the crimes uh 2015 crimes would have been the wealthy new york real estate heir robert durst was arrested for murder charges of his spokeswoman he had also been implicated in charges on the death of his wife and um another guy that he said he, he admitted that he did not kill the guy, but he did admit to dismembering his body. So anyway, wealthy New York real estate heir Robert Durst was arrested and charged uh, or charged, excuse me, in 2015. 
Uh, New England Patriots tight ender Aaron Hernandez was found guilty oh, for killing. Yeah. O- yeah, Odin Lloyd. That was 15. Um, this was the one. Oh, this was when Freddie Gray died. Do you remember this? That was a big police mm-hmm. backlash case uh, while he was in con- in custody of police. And at that point, so subsequently, six police officers were charged with things all the way ranging from manslaughter to illegal arrest. That caused a lot of, you know, public stuff going on there. Um, gosh, Dylan Roof shot. I forgot this was 2015. Nine people to death during the Bible study at the church in Charleston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Jared, this was the year of Jared Fogle, spokesman for Subway. He was sentenced to 15 <sighs> years in federal prison after pleading guilty to child pornography and other sex crime charges with my Somebody like they made a post, you know, Subway, uh, poor Subway. One, I'm not a Subway fan anyway. Jersey Mike's, baby. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I'm a Jersey Mike's guy for sure. But I, really, I'm on a Publix sub or a hair. Oh, yeah, we are too. Yeah, We're yeah, I'm really into that. but um, they caught some backlash recently because one of the subways put on their sign, our subs don't implode, um, which was funny. But if you looked at the comments underneath that subway's Facebook page, one of the comments was like, yeah, but you touch children or something. Oh, my God. Like hey. so, it was like, I don't know. It was so wild. They're still t- they just can't stop. They can't get out of the uh, out of the negative heat. Poor subway. I'm surprised subways still. In action, I don't really ever see anybody with a subway. So that's sub what anymore. I was gonna say. Like they are still on every corner, but they just always look like fronts now. Like they're always they do dead. Right. They look sketch. And then you know what else? Uh, I saw the other day that they just built here in my town, and I was like, why is that still a thing? Smoothie King. Who gets those ten dollars smoothies anymore? Like we have People planet smoothie and a couple of yeah, we do have a few of those kind of overpriced, you know, smoothie places. I don't see it working here in this area. I don't see Clayton being like a no, giant smoothie I don't king. See smoothie king being overly successful around here. Yeah. Uh, have you seen oh. the lines at McDonald's in this town? You don't see it a chance. It's McDonald's like, like Chick Fil A in a nice town. You know, what McDonald's I mean? has smoothies. All right, y'all. Strawberry yeah. banana. Oh, they're really healthy. The M and M one is the is like so healthy. The M and M one. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> oh, uh, I just saw on Instagram. My phone lit up that Sarah Kelch mentioned failure to stop in her story. So I'm a little concerned. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, yeah. I, oh. Instead of calling her Sarah Kelch, we need to start calling her Sarah Fluke. Because that's that's what the tail's called, the little fluke there. Sarah fluke. <laughs> Sarah catch. <laughs> 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 oh god i'm throwing it back um, it, w- it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a big enough fish to hang on the wall like oh it's man not- i was looking for a big fish this is a little tiny it's not it doesn't meet uh standards to keep she, she's like a mermaid guppy really like is that a mermaid <laughs> no it's a guppy a fluorescent guppy little guppy well let's talk a little crime update sorry my we can one. can i just on the guppy note really quick did you know really quick it's important yeah. for our fans to know i had a guppy uh, a guppy farm i did i did not i raised guppies and i had <laughs> two 50 gallon tanks of guppies i started with four guppies i thought and- they were like in your bathtub no, they. I had two 50-gallon tanks, and the girlfriend that I was dating at the time wanted to surprise me because I cleaned the tanks like every 10 days, and it was okay. an ordeal, but it was my hobby. I loved having guppies, and I would give them like if a kid came over 
or something to our apartment. <laughs> that sounds creepy. But like if a guest came over, I would let them scoop out a guppy and take it home with them. I had like the little bags and everything and they could take home their own little guppies. And you were basically a, a carny. Yes, but with, yeah, basically. And I love the guppies. I don't know. And so she was going to surprise me and clean the tank for me so I didn't have to do it. And so she used soap and water to clean the tank and like all of my guppies, hundreds of guppies dead. Dead hundred guppies. I feel like we just untapped something here. I was like 19. I was like 18. No, I was like 17, 18. I think I moved out at 17. So yeah, like I think we untapped something. We might need to explore this a little bit. <laughs> this might answer <laughs> a lot of questions. <laughs> That's traumatic experience, man. <laughs> it sounds so sad. It was sad, dude. It is sad. I cried, you know, for all of them. I had a name for all like hundred hundreds of them. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> They've got little like tags on them. <laughs> they were awesome, man, because they they um they glue in the dark and stuff. I had like a little black light behind them. I mean, they, I mean, it was rad. I had like two of the coolest tanks one was all pirate themed the other one was all like neon caribbean like almost like club themed you know what i mean mm -hmm, sometimes mm -hmm. i would swap guppies to the club tank so they'd get some like club action <laughs> some guppies would like get mixed in with a pirate action so like you know what i mean like those guppies were happy they were always like seeing new things and it was really cool so uh did you break anyway. up with her oh for sure yeah for sure yeah she was yeah, that was that was the icing on the cake. Did you, you can't throw raise guppies? You're not gonna raise her, like yeah. off your apartment balcony as she ran to her car. No, I drowned her in the tank. Like I held her face in there, and I was like, "Do you like?" And that's how like this show water? started, everyone. Do you like soapy water? Um, I don't know. I'm hoping her bones don't wash up on some Carolina beach somewhere, and some true crime chick finds Wouldn't them. Wouldn't that be a house. shame? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to crime. Okay, so we've got some crime updates, guys, on some of the cases, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that we've talked about. But today, today is a really yucky big deal in a crime story because Leslie Van Houten re was released from prison. This was a Manson follower. If you don't know who she was, she was one that participated in the second night of murders uh, and the murders of Lino and Rosemary. LaBianca, uh, both Lino and Rosemary were stabbed to death. Lino had the word war carved into his stomach. Oh. Uh, Leslie was 19 at the time that she participated in this. Uh, it's tough to read even now, like her account of her portion, um, her um, accomplice, if you will, in the murders. Uh, they, She said that she... Ugh, she and another woman uh, dragged Rosemary into the bedroom. Rosemary could hear her husband like gutturally dying in the next room. And as oh. Rosemary tried to uh, claw her way through the door to get to him, uh, another guy that was there, one of the another one of Manson's followers, handed Leslie the knife because everyone, if you remember, his mantra was everyone was supposed to get their hands dirty. And she stabbed Rosemary in the lower back 16 times. That's what she's been in prison for. She was there for 53 years. And then just recently she was going to, um, <clears throat> uh, for parole was coming up and the governor of California, Gavin Newsom said that he had no interest in stopping the state Supreme court from blocking her parole. And she has now, as of today, been released. What? Mm -hmm. What? Are you serious? I'm serious. 
dude, how she, crazy can California with a maximum a maximum what? three years probation? Dude, what is wrong? Dude, California is out of control right now. I, uh, it's out of control. It's. Out I of mean, control. it says it's that everywhere control. you read, he's specifically said that he he wouldn't. He had no interest in you know. Uh, Blocking the parole. Now, I am covering the Manson stuff on the the upcoming new night shift, but only under the pretenses of the oper the uh, the operation that uh, what was it? Oh that, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the conspiracy that it was part of the government with the LSD. You know, we could even maybe do. Uh, we'll talk about this off camera, but we could even potentially do kind of like a link up on some of those like that, like when yeah. on your show that week, you know, yeah, and then I'll yeah, cover yeah. the crime portion. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, because there's like a, a big thing that I, I think it's like been declassified. I don't know. I have to do all my research. It's just on one of the uh, I've got like 20, 20 in the bank. And that's one of the 20. So that's thanks to you guys in the Wolfpack. So if there's some kind of weird conspiracy right. that you want to hear, you know, or, or like you want to talk about some kind of weird oddity, crazy, night shifty, scary, you know, so supernatural, whatever, you know, just hit us up. At you should come to Wilmington and film on location at a place called the Museum of the Bazaar. Oh, let's go. We'll just you do it. You know, you know. Yeah, yeah, let's go. We'll yeah. do it like a failure to stop date night or something over there. It's super gross and weird. Meaning the guy who works there. So I can't believe he let her out. This is crazy. Isn't it wild? I mean, well, whatever. I mean, California, it's, it's a different world. Yeah. Us well, people on the East Coast there. will never. I always like how these movies like depict the South. You know, to be like, like some horrible. kind of like some kind of like horrible racist wretched like area i was we watched a movie last night a time to kill you know and maybe it was way back in the day but like that's kind of how well, i well that view, was that movie's tough that movie's <clears> hard, but book. that's how i be, that's how i view california now <laughs> yeah. just like you can't walk anywhere horrible. with just out getting like something crazy happening Ugh. um all right let's move forward with delphi uh not a whole lot uh, new there but we do have jury selection scheduled for january 8th of 2024 um to kick off his trial oh why am i so big um to kick off, kick off his trial and it looks like if you haven't heard this was while we were still not doing uh recordings because of the fourth but uh if you haven't heard the news he richard allen the man charged with the murders of uh libby and abby were was caught on prison phones admitting guilt to his wife and his mother they say five or six times on these recorded phone calls yes folks your phone calls are recorded when you are locked up by the way um but he actually went so far as to say i put a post on it on my instagram last week but as to say that he did use a knife um and that would be consistent with with you know kind of what we've heard the little we've heard about the murder scene uh, a knife i think is what we all kind of figured had been the weapon of choice, it's not It's not still been recovered. We don't have that knife, but he admitted to his wife and mother uh, his guilt there. Uh, moving forward with the Idaho College murders, Brian Kohlberger, uh, the one charged in the four murders there. His trial is set for October, but interestingly enough, Idaho is now introducing the firing squad as an alternative to lethal injection to be implemented as of July 1st which will be before ahead of his October trial. So potentially if he is uh, convicted and sentenced to the, uh, to the death penalty, he could choose firing squad instead of lethal injection. Firing squad. I would choose Hands firing down. squad as well. I think it would be super scary 
to be strapped down and I would be like, look, can you just strap me down at the last second and then kill me? Like, I don't want to be. Uh, and we know that it just doesn't always go smoothly. Right. And when it doesn't go smoothly, it's really, really bad. So, which I mean, some of these people, that's what they maybe deserve. But, deserve, right? Uh, yeah, no. So that's interesting that Idaho is bringing that back. Um, and that's that for pop culture and crime updates. I think we can get into the case, guys. This one is um, very interesting. Definitely, if you have a question, ask it. Otherwise, I'm going to try to stay on track because it can get a little confusing. And I don't want to confuse you guys with the dates. And it is chock full of information. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, right. chats are just so lively tonight. I want to thank all you guys for being in there. Michael Hendricks, Alicia Batty, uh, Batty, Megan B, uh, 2F Jake. We've got some super chats that came in earlier that I missed. I want to say thank you guys for those. Matthew from California um, says, I love California and hail Gavin Newsom. That's what Matthew says. He says uh, he's got a tattoo of California on one cheek and Newsom on the other. That's oh. facts. It's science. Sandbag Queen says Newsom is literally the greatest man on earth so we have a lot of fans in here that are just super pro california we want to thank you for that obviously i'm joking that sounds yeah i was gonna say that that sounds not like anything she would say all right <clears throat> all right guys i can tell you this case from start to finish without my notes but i'm referring to them because i don't want to leave out one juicy detail uh and because i took a lot of time to write them that's another reason don't you worry about that all right so we are going to be talking about Crystal Marie Rogers. So we're looking at Bardstown, Kentucky. If you look this case up, you will find five murders that are listed. And depending on the source, some will try to connect all five. Some will try to connect three of them. Um, and you'll see why here in a moment. Uh, but if you look up Crystal Marie Rogers, you will also find things listed as the Bardstown murders. And there's a reason for this. All right. So Crystal, Crystal Rogers <clears throat> grew up there in Bardstown. She was the mom of five children. So she, uh, <clears throat> she had two children from a first relationship, two children from a next relationship. And then currently when this case happened, she was in a serious relationship with a man named Brooks. Hauk. His name was Brooks Hauk, uh, and they shared a two-year-old son named Eli. <clears throat> now, the other four kids, while obviously pertinent and the fact that this is their mother, we are not really, there's not much for us to talk about regarding them, so we won't get confusing with all of their names and those kinds of things. Um, so she shared the son Eli with Brooks, who, like I said, was two, and she met Brooks because she was renting a home that he owned. So he had a property rental company, property management company, eventually had um, a building company, his company built houses. So she was a renter of his uh, and they started dating and get serious and get involved and then move in together. So at this time in July of 2015, they are living together, the two of them and a total of five children. Uh, this will be red flag number one. Because all reports indicate that Brooks uh, would engage with his son, Eli, uh, even if minimally. But he would engage with Eli. He would not engage with her other four children 
almost at all. In fact, not only did he kind of ignore them because they weren't his, he would do things kind of so um, blatant as let's say they all go to the grocery store and he would have Crystal pay for those four children's food that they would be consuming in the next week. And he would then pay for Eli's food. So he made a very clear division of children upon ingratiating himself in the home. Yeah, I um, do that, but my kids are all biologically mine. So I can't do that, but I definitely have my favorite child. can't do that. I say, oh, well. Unfortunately for you, because now it's just more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So that's, on Jul- That's pretty messed uh, up, though. Like, wh- I wonder what the... Um, well, it's hateful. I mean, and like, because yeah, I'm sure the that end, they were feeling the it. There? I mean, I guess know, I'm like, going to find out what his end game is here in a minute, but... Yeah, I feel like a couple... If I'm not mistaken, I think a couple of the kids at that time were like 11, 12, 13, you know, like her older kids. So, I mean, they're, it's definitely something they're going to be picking up on and feeling, you know, from him. So... Yeah. Now, was it... Um, do you think it started from like, a, you're not my real dad? And he was like, yeah, you're right. So pay for your own food type deal? I don't or think so. Like, he sounds... This sounds like something... To, just like he a would narcissist do. Mm-hmm. or something like some yeah kinda... this sounds like something he would do yeah, Lee, what a... yeah. sounds like a mean person he's well well <laughs> he's not a very nice person so on july 3rd 2015 um everyone's kind of bustling around preparing for the fourth uh plenty of people saw crystal this day so july 3rd will be the last day that crystal was ever seen all right but plenty of people saw, people saw her throughout the day. So at that time in Bardstown, Kentucky in 2015, there were, I believe, 12,964 people. So it was a small town, a small population. So if she's bopping around town, going to the local Walmart, it would make sense that she's going to run into friends and family. And like I said, she had grown up there in that town. So she probably knew quite a few people there. Um, so she goes into the local Walmart. We have CCTV footage of her there. We have a receipt of her purchases at from 4.36. So she checked out at 4.36 p.m. from that Walmart. She had purchased some food, a couple of little boy T-shirts, um, a junior like sniper army little Nerf rifle gun, uh, and a T-ball plate. So she got some like toys and clothes and food for what sounds like the little kid, the two-year-old. Uh, like I said, checked out with a receipt at 4.36 and headed home. We do have a witness who saw her in her driveway unpacking groceries um, and that kind of thing at around 5 p.m., which would match up with time. So she was seen at 5 p.m. by someone outside of the home. Um, Excuse me. So moving forward later into that evening, Crystal and Brooks were scheduled to have a little date night. Uh, I'm not sure if they couldn't get a sitter or what the situation was, but they decided to have the date night uh, at home, just kind of a little at home dinner, whatnot. Uh, so they did with Eli there at this point, she'd at least dropped off two of her children, uh, with her ex-husband. Nope, nope, nope. That's a whole different family. Sorry about that. (laughs) That's okay. All right. I'll just stop messing with it. (laughs) There's a lot of different, um, families and friends and things that we have pictures of. Um, oh, okay. We do have crystal, I think has a gray shirt on. I labeled them for dead legs. So he has them with names, but um, in the pictures that I have, um, yeah, that's crystal. And okay. that's her boyfriend. Brooks. This, this is the boyfriend. This is the, is this a boyfriend or the, uh, yes, and he, that's he doesn't like the kids. Yes. That's the one that uh, she lives with. That's the father of Eli. That's Brooks. Okay. Ha- the, Brooks. Hauk. Yeah. It's H O U C K guys. Okay. Um, 
So they have their little date night at home. They stay in. And then they later leave that evening with little Eli around 8 p.m. to go to Brooks family's farm. So Brooks has a brother named Nick and Brooks has parents that own this farm. Um, I believe it's like over 200 acre farm. They're not too far from where he and Crystal live. So they go. It's a July night in Kentucky. So it's going to be nice and warm. They take a walk per Brooks around the property, which if you have acreage like that, um, you'll know that's not necessarily uncommon. You're checking on things and I guess in fences and whatnot. He said that they fed the cows, uh, took a walk around the prop property, made a fire, hung out there for a while and then came home. So he said they got home pretty late around 1220 or so that night. Uh, when they get home, he said he was up for about 15 minutes or so. He was tired. He goes to bed. He said that Crystal and Eli stayed up. So he said that Crystal was playing on her phone and that that was not un that was not atypical and that she would do that often at night. I think a lot of us do kind of playing her games on her phone. But he said that when she did that, she would often not come to bed for fear of waking him. So she stayed up in the living room. He goes to bed. Um, and that's that. Like a respectful so, fear of waking him, like a courteous or like if I wake him, he'll. Yeah, well, he doesn't specify, nor am I okay. sure that that's even the case that she, quote, didn't go to bed that night. But okay. he lays down and wakes up at seven o'clock the next morning. He says sometimes in some accounts between six and seven. Either way, he wakes up and baby Eli is laying in the bed next to him. Uh, but Crystal is not there. So Crystal, he gets up. Doesn't think anything of it. Uh, it would have been unusual on a July 4th, a holiday day, I would think, for a mom to leave unless she, what, maybe forgot something at the grocery store. Uh, I don't you know, know that I've ever woken up before my wife. Yeah, but my wife she also left the house. My wife's always out of bed before I'm up. Right, but she wasn't home. Oh, okay. Oh, She's not at work. She works for him, by the way. But as oh. they, they as they began living together, she became um, like helped with like property management, running his company uh, or that portion of his company. So she worked for him. Well, anyway, he's not concerned. He doesn't call anyone, you know, and maybe that's OK early on. Well, the day starts to go on. It's July 4th. So like families have things planned. Um, she's um, yeah, she. uh so she, anyway, she wasn't there. So as time goes on, um, let's see here. Where will we be? All righty. So finally, a little bit later, Crystal's daughter, Kylie, who was a little bit older, uh, evidently contacted Crystal's mother, Sherry, texting her saying, hey, have you seen my mom? Like, this is into the day, into the afternoon. So Brooks says that he took Eli and went to his family's house for 4th of July stuff. Um, I guess then leaving these two kids, because remember, two of them were with their dad, her ex-husband. These other two right. older kids were home. He takes the little one, goes to his family's farm. Kylie, the I think she was 12 at the time, maybe 11. Either way, she contacts grandmother, the sh Sherry, to say that she hasn't seen her mom. You know, has she seen her? So then Sherry contacts... Um, starts texting Crystal and calling Crystal to ask her where she's at. She can't, you know, let her know that Kylie's trying to get a hold of her. Well, when Crystal doesn't respond to her mother, her mother starts 
calling Brooks and he's saying he hasn't seen her and he's not worried about it. And she's saying, no, this isn't like her, you know? So a little bit later, uh, she actually drives over to the house or meets up with him at his parents' house. Either way, she finds Brooks. He has Eli with him. And she said that she was immediately concerned when she saw Eli with Brooks because Brooks was not known to ever be alone with Eli. Like, you know, he would play with him or hang out with him in Crystal's presence. But really, if Crystal, Crystal would have taken the baby with her because he just didn't really ever take care of the kid by himself. So when she knew that she couldn't find Crystal or no one has heard from her and the baby is there with him alone, she feels like there could be an issue there. Um, so finally, that night goes on. It's the next morning. It's July 5th. And she had had a whole day of not talking to her daughter. And she decides that she wants to file a missing persons report. Now, she calls Brooks and tells him that she's going to do this, you know, and asks, of course, of course, you know, if she if he's seen Crystal or heard from her and he says no. And when she tells Brooks that she's going to file this report, his words were, I think you should. But she said that his demeanor was so calm and so bizarre uh, that she was also disconcerted by that. So she does. Um, she was dismayed at every turn at this point, but she decides to go on and file the missing persons order. Um, so later that same day, keep it. This is July 5th. She was last seen by anybody on the third. Okay. Right. Later that same day, on the evening of the 5th, her car was found at mile marker 14 on the Bluegrass Highway. If you guys are aware of, um, there's a lot of places like this. I mean, I guess anywhere. I know, um, like I'm from Tennessee, and there's something in East Tennessee that goes into North Carolina where the Blue Ridge Mountains are. It's called the Blue Ridge Parkway. Uh, Kentucky is known for bluegrass. This is the Bluegrass Highway. It's just a highway that traverses a good bit of uh, land. There's like you know, ravines and ditches and a lot of woods and, you know, trees and these kinds of things on either side. So her 2007 maroon Chevy Impala was found at mile marker 14. The door was open. One tire was flat. The other three were low. Uh, the tire that was flat did have a nail in it. Um, but her keys were in the ignition and her cell phone, which had not been charged. So her dead cell phone and her diaper bag were also in the car. Um, immediately, police decide to go on and start a search, you know, a search unit in that area. They start to search. Uh, Crystal's father, Tommy, along with her brother, Casey, who is, who's, a, you know, an adult as well. Her father, Tommy, and brother, Casey, begin their own search and call in for friends and family volunteers and amass around like 80 people of their own. And at this point, everyone is scouring the land everywhere. Brooks is not one of those people. So he is not taking place in the search whatsoever. I mean, uh, he's, when, he's at home watching all the kids. Sure. I don't feel like he watched the other four regardless. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. I feel like even if that was the case, we'd figure it out, right? Like he had parents, he had a brother. How far away is mile marker 14 from their house? I'm not sure if I uploaded that map or not dead, but it's not. Okay. Let's see here. That one, yeah, okay, that is a map, but it doesn't have, I might not have uploaded the one that has the uh, Bluegrass Parkway on it. It's not very far in this town. Okay, so not, not too far, right? Yeah, so nothing right. that we talk about, any of the landmarks we talk about are really too far from each other. Uh, it's not a big town as it is, and all of these events kind of took place in a pretty 
close circle. So, <clears throat> uh, so that, that was the contents of the car and that was how the search parties ensued. So nothing happens the first day. Again, when Brooks is questioned about why he wasn't partaking in any searches, cause this goes on for a while. I mean, they're searching for days and days and days. And he just said that he was conducting his, I believe he said something like he was conducting his own search um, from home or he was doing it like, you know, his own way or, or something like that. Didn't make a ton of sense. So did they so, have like a fight the night before that we know of at all? Like do the kids not, come out and Not say that it? he's said. We've not heard any reports. I'm sure that the children, if those older children were home at that time, They've not, there are no reports of them being talked to. If they were, I'm sure they were talked to, but we don't have any of that information. Right. So on July 6th, Crystal's family offered up a reward of $25,000 leading to any information in the case. This was only, you know, a day after her car was found, two days after mom realizes she hasn't seen her. So then on the 7th, July 7th, the police bring Brooks in for questioning. They ask him, oh, real quick, is dead in the, is he, is he still with us? Okay. Yep, I'm still here. Oh, hey there. Okay. I'm going to get you, I'll tell you when, but we're going to play that clip here in a minute. Um, so on July 7th, police bring Brooks in for questioning. They ask him about the days prior to Crystal going missing. He said that, you know, they'd had some disagreements, nothing too crazy, nothing too egregious. Uh, he said that he thought that she would get irritated if he blew her phone up and kept calling and texting her. So he just kind of hasn't been too much. <laughs> what? Yeah. He said that things were a bit tense at home and things had quote gotten silly. Uh, he well, stated, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you things can get silly at home, especially in the heat of the summer. And now that we're in the thick of the summer, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals to support sunny, active days. Take the stress off your family by using Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. It can help fuel you up fast with flavorful and nu nutritious, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track reaching your goals. Ready to feel your best while making the most out of your summer adventures? Stick to your wellness goals with premium ready-to-eat meals featuring high-quality ingredients such as broccolini, leeks, asparagus. Treat yourself to 34-plus weeks of restaurant-quality options like bruschetta shrimp, risotto, green goddess chicken, grilled steakhouse filet mignon, all ready in just two minutes. If you're too busy running around uh, during the day to think about lunch, well, keep your energy up with lunch to go. Effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls, salad toppers, Ready to eat when you're on the go. No microwave required. Looking for calorie-conscious options this summer? Try delicious dietitian-approved calorie-smart meals with around less than 550 calories per serving. They've got the extra boost to support wellness goals for the summer. Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein. They got it all, folks. Listen, if you're a first responder, eating is tough. We know that you can't just roll out to the, to the local uh, restaurant that you patrolling a lot of you guys work in uh areas where you might have arrested some people at your local fast food restaurants uh, and we also know that you want to stay healthy you've all got certain goals factor has meals to meet your goals they're door delivered never frozen they come straight to your house uh they offset 100 percent of your delivery emissions 100 percent renewable electricity to production sites and offices they, they think about all the things first 
this July, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh flavor, packed meals delivered to your door ready in two minutes. No prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash Wolfpack50 and use the code Wolfpack50 to get 50% off. That's code Wolfpack50 because you get 50% off. That's five zero, just the number five and zero. Factormeals.com slash Wolfpack50 to get 50% off and that'll take some of the stress away from your home life and uh back to you andre yes yes sounds delicious um <clears throat> all right so he's now being interviewed brooks is and he's saying that you know he thought it was likely that crystal left and went to her cousin sabrina's house that oftentimes if things were tense or they'd had an argument she would leave uh and go to sabrina's house to spend the night. This is interesting, though, because later on, um, a couple years later, he Brooks was on Nancy Grace's show and Nancy tried to kind of pinpoint him down to how many times he would say that Crystal ever left and went to Sabrina's house to spend the night. And he finally said, uh, you know, between four and six times. Well, Later, Sabrina is questioned, and she said that, in fact, Crystal had only ever come to her house after an argument with Brooks one time, and even then she brought the baby with her, and she did not spend the night. She just kind of spent the evening with her and went back home. So he has now told police something very untrue, uh, at least at this turn, if not more yet. So... <clears throat> While he's being interviewed, something pretty interesting happens there at the police station, and he gets a phone call. So, Dad, if you would, let's go on and play this portion of the call. Hello? No. I, I'm, I'm up here. I'm not that you didn't know. I'm up here in this interview with uh, the detective, Detective Snow. I've been up here a good little while. I'm filling out this uh, this statement here and everything. Tell me if you feel like this seems staged as you listen. I'm filling out this. Is it, are you telling me that's? Are you telling me that's what I need to do? I know. I know. I know. I, I'm not. I know that. But the way that I look at it is, I, I'm innocent. I ain't done nothing wrong. What you know. I know you told me innocent people got jammed up, but if you're telling me to leave, I'll get up and leave. If you want me, if you want me to, I know I'm going through a lot, but I'm trying to get this guy to help me. So this is his brother on the phone with him. I don't think she, I don't think she's ran off with some other guy. I don't, I don't believe that. You can't make me think that. No. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so, I mean, so, so do I. I'll do exactly what you're telling me to do right now. You want me to get up and leave? Man, I don't think these guys. I don't think, I don't think these people are vindictive just to, to skin me for no reason. Man, this is not their family. This is not.
All right, thank you. He thinks y'all will fuck is what he thinks. I don't know who he is. Nick, my brother. He just said just to just to keep sitting up here to give a, give a statement, do an interview, whatever I got to do, do it. But he said, "Darn, just to keep just letting them just beat you to death over this right here. Just ask what you got to ask, and let, you know." I, and you tell me. You see what I'm? You see? I mean, he knows more about this than I do. You see? And have I listen? Have I told you that I'm for you? Yes, you have. I said, "What did I say? My job is to find Crystal." Right. That's right. However, that happened. Okay, Dad, that should be My good. My job is to. Mm. Alrighty. Can you guys hear me? Oh yeah, we can hear you. Okay, so that was just three minutes of a um, an over hour long interview with Brooks Halk there. So when he said he gets off the phone with his brother, that was an interesting conversation. We didn't even need to hear what his brother was saying, right? Because he's saying it all. He's saying, "No, I." I know I'm innocent and well, now I don't think they're just trying to skin me over here if I'm innocent, right? It's one of those over and over. Uh, you can't make me believe she ran off with another man, right? It's, it's very interesting the way he's talking to him. So when he receives that call from Nick, his brother, and he says, I know you know what you're talking about. I know you know these things better than me. The reason he's saying that is because his brother, Nick Houck, is a police officer on that police department. So his brother, who is a police officer, is calling him, telling him to keep his mouth shut and get up and leave. Well, no, I mean, like, honestly, guy, like, I, if my brother gets arrested for anything, I'm doing the same thing. Like, I'm calling my brother mm -hmm. and being like, yo, stop. Like, don't. We see mm -hmm. where this guy, Daniel Holtzclaw, talking is never is never going to help you. Just get up and get out. Okay. Now, I, I don't mind him doing that. I, I mean, I would do that as a brother. But I, at the same time, ooh, uh I, I mean, because it's your brother, I guess you're willing to go that distance because it's your brother. But you got to know that you're about to get fucked for doing that. jammed up. Oh mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. But I mean, I'd do it. I'd do it for. But listen, I mean, like, if one of you guys, if um, you know, Drew or you or one of the Wolfpack got into some shit, you know, I'd be calling you up too if I were. And I don't care if I work that department either. I mean, I, I, if yep. I didn't think you did it, but. Okay, well, let, we can Oof. stick with that for now. And then, and I initially, all right, I'll give you that initially, but let's see how this plays out moving all forward, right. all okay. right? All right. So um, now the police start to wonder, though, why Nick is interfering with, if not fully obstructing the case, because now after that phone call at every turn, Nick is kind of belligerent. He won't talk to them, meaning not to disclose case information, but he won't speak to them separately, you know, away from Brooks. Um, so finally, uh, the police do start wanting, they have some other information come in and they want, uh, Nick to come in and do a poly and he, he won't, he doesn't want to do that. Um, so we're going to come back. Actually, I'm going to remind myself by tearing off my piece of paper to come back to that because things change a few years later. Um, all righty. So but I can see like being in defense of your brother and it's defensive, mm -hmm. like, especially if you think your brother's innocent, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be like his, like his number one fan. You know what I mean? I'm going right. to be like, yo, don't fucking talk to these guys. These guys are fucking clowns. They'll fuck you at every moment. And they will look at the Daniel Holtz call case. Like they right. will. Um, they're not in it for you. And, and you never know what you're going to get with these detectives and uh you know some good some bad and so i would be very probably on the offense for my brother 
mm-hmm. for my brother's defense. I'd be the offense for his defense. You would be offensively defensive. Yeah, until I found out he did it, and then I would be like, yeah, I just really? want to say that. <laughs> offensively um, defensive. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is a little bit interesting, though. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, let's see where we go here. All righty. So at some point around this time, not too far later, a statement comes through that potentially a white sedan was seen in the area of Crystal's abandoned car. Um, I'm sure that they get a little bit more details than just a white sedan, right? To look into it. So they look into it and it turns out that Brooks and Nick have a grandmother that owns a car matching the description they were given. Uh, But unfortunately, once this is realized and the police kind of put all these dots together, you know, she has sold the car (laughs) or the car has been sold. Uh, When the police try to talk to her, the grandmother, about this and ask her some questions, she immediately invokes her Fifth Amendment and doesn't say a word. She won't tell when she sold the car, why she sold the car, anything about the car, anything about her grandsons. uh, That's it. So she's pretty quiet, too. And I feel like this is a little different than someone being interviewed in the police station. This is a grandmother who could just say, yeah, I sold it on April 14th. Uh, for $5,000, you know? Yeah. yeah, I didn't need it anymore. I'm getting, my eyes are getting bad. I don't drive, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to go back to Crystal's car. When it was initially processed, um, it was taken, analyzed, and returned to Crystal's mother, Sherry. That was in 2015. In 2018, obviously, there had still not been any developments in the case. Um and the net, the oxygen network actually picked up the case. Uh, they wanted to do a whole series, which they have done. So a retired detective worked alongside the other researchers there with oxygen. They went back to the car that was at Sherry's place, the mother's house. Uh, and it was determined pretty quickly that the car had not initially gone through very extensive processing. Well, keep in mind, though, this was a smaller department. Again, right, the town had just under 13,000 people total. This was not a very large police department. So at that time, the KSP, the Kentucky State Police, evidently only allowed up to 10 items for processing. So there was a limit on what you process. So you're picking and choosing. And even then, there was a long turnaround time. All right. So Sherry, Crystal's mother, has said that when they, re- they returned Crystal's car and a few other things, they did not ever return the phone. So we know that they, hit, they hung onto the phone in evidence. So retired Detective Stanton was the gentleman working alongside the Oxygen Network crew. Uh, he retrieved Crystal's car with Sherry's permission, and then they decided to kind of further process it. At this time, they use something called Blue Star. If you guys, if I say it wrong or anything about it wrong, you can let me know. I don't know much about Blue Star, but to my knowledge, it's something like Luminol, but potentially a bit more potent, a bit more um, expressive in its results. So uh, in the back right corner of Crystal's trunk, uh, luminescence showed. So the only other time that this could happen is that sometimes a plant-based protein can pick up the blue star, but not generally in the quantity that they saw here in Crystal's trunk. They sent a cadaver dog out who made a hit on the back right portion of the trunk and crawled in it as well. So that's interesting to take note of. 
Um, <clears throat> but that all happened, you know, three years after the fact. All right. So let's go back. This all happens with Crystal in July of 2015 in November of 2016. So almost a year and a half later, uh, November 19th, specifically, um, Tommy, her father goes on a hunting trip prior to this guys, Tommy has taken his daughter's case and run with it. He fully implicates Brooks in her disappearance. Uh, he no longer believes his daughter is alive at that point. He starts having all these signs made. He's erecting billboards, the signs made around town. I think we have pictures of those signs dead. They're um, little black signs and they say things like, so this one says Brooks Hauk is the only suspect in the disappearance of Crystal Rogers. So the police at this point have officially named Brooks, her boyfriend as a suspect. Um, so this isn't slander. That's actually factual. Um, this is one of the billboards they put up for missing Crystal Rogers. And he puts these signs all over town. He actually started an organization, um, called Team Crystal, the father did for community organizers and things around town. Any Anybody who can look into things and has the uh, ability to dig a little deeper is all kind of becoming part of this. So for the year and a half since she went missing, her father has been very active in pursuing her case. All right. So on November 19th of 2016, Tommy, along with Crystal's 12-year-old son and Crystal's brother, Casey, go hunting. Now, this was not unusual. Uh, they went deer hunting every year. <clears throat> this was not unlike that. They went to the same property every year to hunt as well. So, But on this particular year, they kidnapped Brooks out and set him free in the forest and then hunted him. And then hunted him like the butcher baker. <clears throat> no. They, they, so they get there. And as you know, if you deer hunt, you get there early. You get there before mm -hmm. the sun rises. So they do. And then uh, around 8 a.m. or so, um, the, the grandson, the 12-year-old, has gone back to the truck to kind of take a rest. They'd probably been out there for three or four hours at that point, I would assume. So he kind of goes back to the truck. Tommy and his son, Casey, Crystal's brother, uh, as, as Casey tells it later, start to go around a corner, like around a bend in the trees. Tommy stops immediately and holds his hand up, kind of puts it over Casey's chest to like stop him. You know, you can't talk if you're deer hunting. So he's mm -hmm. stopping him. Uh, he raises Tommy raises his gun to his face and looks down the scope. And immediately upon doing so, he gets shot in the chest. Oh, that is my worst nightmare. I, okay. So, you know, I, I listen, I'm not going to try to interrupt this story, but I have mm -hmm. all this property and, and, uh, and I have a back porch and everything. And one of my big fears is as I'm looking out into the forest by my house, that like an arrow is going to come flying out of the, out of the forest and like into me, dude, that's like my, so he brings his scope up and then he just gets blasted. Into, that's like mm -hmm. literally, I, I'm sorry. That's just like, those are things that, no, I, yeah, yeah. that keep me awake at night. Those are things that keep me awake at night. Crazy. Yeah. This is like out of a movie. Yeah, and it actually gets worse. So, yeah, it gets worse, though, because okay. um, he sputters for a moment. They call 911. They call his wife, Sherry, Crystal's mother. She gets on scene about the same time or right as the ambulance is getting there, and he quickly is dead on scene. Okay, so he dies. Uh, investigators oh. come to look at this. So now her daughter has been missing for a year and a half. Her grandson, who is the son of that 
uh, you know, his mother is missing, is there present while his grandfather dies, her husband. It's terrible. So uh, investigators come to look at the scene there and they determine quite reasonably so that branches, that things had been cut in a certain kind of way to allow uh, vision. They could see that this was some natural growth that should be present was not present in just the right kind of way to allow eyes on where you'd be when you come around that bend. Uh, they also have investigated a nick in a tree that was in the far corner of the field, meaning in the direction that Tommy looked through his scope. He looked kind of to a back corner of the open field and from that same area, there was a tree that had a dent in it that is consistent with the kick mark of a rifle or excuse me, of a shotgun. Um, and so it looks that would also then be consistent with the line of sight through where those branches had been cut. So this was, it didn't take long for this to be deemed, um, foul play. No one thinks this is a hunting accident. In fact, they feel like the way they worded it was that it, it seemed to be almost obvious that it was staged to be a hunting accident uh, at this point. Too many things, too many things lined up in that direction. I'm, I'm a little bit like, okay, so I've shot a thousand shotguns, none of which have ever dented a tree. Uh, what part is that? Like, do we read that right? Mm-hmm. How did the shotgun dent a tree? Well, I don't know about dent a tree, but if it popped off bark, if it's somebody who maybe oh, like if you were a, leaning, if you were leaning yeah, the leaning barrel against, against the, tree. the tree, and then you fired off, and then the bark kind of—I got you. I yeah, like you yeah, know, okay, the kickback, okay, okay. but on the bark of the tree. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I um, understand that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. There's people in the chats who were literally asking about that. So like, yeah, not like that someone's like laying on the ground and the thing goes flying back. Well, I don't know. Yeah, like more like they've used it as a prop. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? There, but I mean, this guy might not be the smartest of dudes. So, wow. So he sees this and then in a moment he raises his scope and takes one in the chest. Now, as he's, other as guy, he's pointing, as right, he's looking right, right, right. in that direction. Down but the field. person that he's with doesn't see what he was trying to shoot. The no, he was by himself. No, 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 no. He was with his grown son, but right. he remember he started. Didn't he's, see? No, because he's starting to come around a bend, and he remember I told you he held yeah. up his hand to like stop right. him. Like, oh, like so, you stop, know, he's stop, probably stop. just kind of standing there, okay, you know, yeah, not yeah, want to yeah. move or make noise or whatever. Right, and he thinks he thinks you know, Poppy's gonna blast. Probably a deer. thinks he's got a deer or something. You know, yeah, when in fact, the like, guy was probably like, "What do I see over there?" You know what I mean? Probably noticed right. something that wasn't within natural. Uh, uh, you know, natural. We have natural lines. Like nature doesn't have straight lines. You know these kinds of things, and so I'm sure he saw something. That wasn't a deer is what it sounds like anyway. And so they're saying um, that he took a shot and this was a shotgun that he, that he took. He to the did chest? not take a shot. Yeah. 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 That he took the chest. I'm sorry. Yeah. So Tommy's gun was never fired because they quickly uh, released any idea that, you know, like they cleared Casey and the grandson from any foul play or anything like that. Uh, very quickly. But their guns. Well, had I'm not sure because fired. this guy wasn't dead like immediately, you know, he probably was right. to talk and say that. Uh, I don't know if he ever spoke actually, but their guns had not been fired. So, um, right, right. oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And he probably had no like gun, gun residue on his hands or anything like and that. And they called 911 and immediately people sure. were there, you know. Yeah. It all adds up. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so then a fire. So that happened on November 19th. 
Well, then on November 23rd, four days later, a fire damaged most of a home that was owned by Brooks Houck. Remember, he when we say owned by him, his company owned a lot of these homes, right? They built all these homes. So he did not live there. But the renter, a woman and her, I think two or three children had been out for the day. And when they were gone, the house, the house that he and his company owned uh, was set fire to. Police and arson investigators believe the fire to have been purposefully set. Again, this was four days after Tommy Ballard was shot while hunting. Police did issue mm. a search warrant of that house immediately after the fire. Um, and we don't know the results of what they pulled, but they did pull things um, into evidence for analysis. But we've not been told what that is. Okay. So that was four days after Tommy was shot. All right. Wow. This guy is like, I mean, he's got it. He's got it going well, on. It's like kind of every time you turn around, his name is involved somehow. Yeah. Right. right? You know what I mean? Like at this point, it's kind of like the Clinton stuff, right? It's like, all right. Yeah. Like it's all adding up, dude. Come on, guy. Like, yeah, you're just you're getting lucky. Exactly. So um, we have in the year 2020 remains were found not too far from where Crystal had been. Uh, they were remains of a female. It was around the right height. It was a large age range that they gave for it, but it would have encompassed Crystal's 35 years. Uh, after a while, it took a while. The family was very, very hopeful. It was a washed out like a creek bed ravine that eventually erosion caused these bones to be seen. Uh, and everyone was actually pretty interested and pretty much thinking for sure this would be Crystal. Uh, eventually turns out that it was not. Uh, but it was also not anything that has been registered in CODIS at all. So as far the last I heard, I'm not sure that they still have um, identified those remains. Uh, this is a very small town for a lot of these things to be happening in. Um, so let's go back to brother Nick, the police officer brother, right? So finally, the FBI is getting is taking over the case. So in the year late in 2020 into 2021, the FBI officially took over the case. And this is great because, as we know, they have many more research, uh, you know, ways to um, re resources, I should say, to go off of and to work this case with than the Bardstown Police Department um, would, would have to to go off of or the Nelson County Police Department. So in the year, or let's go back to Nick, I'm so sorry. So finally, FBI gets involved, and they bring Nick in for questioning. The and I bet that the FBI did a great job. We've all been there before. A weekend trip to the casino canceled because of real-life game calling. Well, my bookie's new and improved online casino is here to change the game. Dive into a truly realistic casino experience featuring the latest slots, progressive jackpots, and live dealer action, all from the comfort of your own home. Take advantage of weekly blackjack tournaments and brand new collection of high-end games for a chance to win real cash. Your adventure at MyBookie Casino begins today with a generous sign-up bonus using promo code WOLFPACK. That's promo code WOLFPACK to secure yourself a sweet, sweet deposit bonus. That's not all. Because they've revamped loyalty program, uh, it ensures that you'll be showered with rewards, including free spends, cashback offers, and a host of exclusive VIP perks. The more you play, the more you win. Play anytime, anywhere with MyBookie Casino. Go to MyBookie.com and use that promo code WOLFPACK. Yes. 
All righty. So the FBI has now called Nick in and asked him to take a polygraph. Now, we've talked about them often. We know that they are very fallible. I'm not too hung up on a polygraph. But I think it's what's a more tool. telling about the polygraph is if somebody agrees to do it or not. That's more. Oh, telling. I don't because I've told you this before. I will not agree to take one. I, I get that. And most people won't, wouldn't. Um, but I think it is. And I have talked with hundreds of detectives. And the first thing they'll ask me to ask me is, will they take a polygraph test or, or, or they offer up one? Um, in the whole call case, the first thing he said was like, let's do a polygraph. Like he offered mm -hmm. it. Like, let's take it. Like if you're offering yourself to take a polygraph, then you know, you can pass it. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're a hundred percent in your brain, you know, you didn't do this, you know, you can pass that polygraph. You know, um, but it is not necessarily, it. though, because you can. Do you know what I can't do? Do you know what I mess up on <clears throat> when you're online and you get signed out of uh, your bank account, your email, your whatever, and you have to start a new redo, yeah. whatever. And you do that captcha thing that I'm not a robot. And they give you the grid of like nine squares and you have to click on everything. Sure. That's a bus. Right. You always fuck it up. I do because I overthink it because I see the corner of something and I'm like, is that? Yeah, but it's not really that. It's not. It's not. Of the you can't really. You can overthink. Yes, you can because I can, you can overthink. Totally, I know. I get it. I and you can question. and it and usually people who overthink those tests, it comes back inconclusive. Okay. Um, I, I've had many friends who are like hypochondriacs that mm -hmm. take it, and they're like, "Have you ever stole anything?" And they're going to be like, "Bobby pens, pencils." One time in the fifth grade, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's so like every answer to everything. Like I remember I took a, I put like a polygraph once, um, but I was doing polygraph practice tests and um, it was about car accidents. And I was able to trick the polygraph and make it inconclusive because I said, well, technically I've been in lots of car accidents in Afghanistan. I've been in a hit and run. Well, technically I've been in lots of hits and runs because we didn't report any of the wrecks in Afghanistan. So like that can't be a question that they use. And then they go, okay, well that's inconclusive because right. fucking there's too much. Of it. Like, have you ever tried weed? No, but I've been inside of a sailboat with a whole bunch of people smoking weed and I may have gotten contact high, but I don't know. And, and that, you know, I don't know if I got contact high and then they're, you know, you could go into a whole ordeal and then they're like, well, that's inconclusive because now we can't really ask them. Gotcha. Has he ever been high? You know what I mean? Yep. But like if you, if you murdered somebody, I, I'm just saying, if somebody says, I'll take it, I'll take it. That's pretty telling of them. It's, it would be pretty ballsy for them have to have murdered somebody and still opt themselves to take okay. a polygraph. Does that make sense? Okay. Mm -hmm. So like if somebody says, I'll take it, I'm probably going to be like, okay, well, if, they, yeah. if they're going to take it, then they probably let's see what this thing does. Gotcha. Did so he, he initially, well, so he initially refused to take one uh, oh, when okay, his, when his, well, the local police department, right? Like the people he worked with um, asked him to take one, but eventually once the FBI got involved and they asked him to come in and take one, he did. Um, and so that's why I was setting it up to say that we know that they are fallible. We know that they are not used in court for a reason. Again, it's a tool. We use all the tools that we can use. And so this is one of them. Uh, he f he not only did not pass, it was not inconclusive. He failed and he failed yeah. miserably. Well, there you go. And his largest deviances were with anything related whatsoever to Crystal and Crystal's Good. whereabouts and the night that Crystal went missing. All right. So he also, his answer uh, to this day his answer when asked what he was doing on July 3rd, rather than, 
you know, fabricate an alibi or anything. He will say he doesn't remember. What did you do? I don't remember. Uh, what went on that night with you? I don't remember. I have no recollection of that night. So that is continuously the only uh, response to what he was doing the night Crystal went missing. I, those those tests are pretty intense, and I think they're. I mean, I, I think they're scary good. Um, that I'm not saying that they're like, you know, the end all be all, but like I've, again, I've done more than one polygraph test. Sure. Uh, well, I mean, I'm good. Past it the is poly. wild. It's wild when they they're, they're like. On question 10, shows you did not answer truthfully. And then even like when I'm, you know, doing the practice stuff, I'm like, dude, how the fuck do they know I was lying on that? I thought I did a great job lying on that. I mean, those things could pick up stuff. So ugh, well, I they're if picking up your it. respirations and your heart rate and all these kinds of things. But even beyond the polygraph, what I'm talking about is when they just questioned him, when they're just forget the polygraph, they're just talking to him in an interview. They pull him in for multiple interviews and right. he's saying that he does not recollect anything about that night. He doesn't know where he was. He doesn't know what he was doing. He can't speak to that night. He cannot answer their questions and he never does. He doesn't invoke the fifth amendment, but he all but does, right? He will not answer any of those questions. Right. I mean, so, it's kind of like our current politics where they just ask him totally like, I'm not going to answer that. I'm not going to answer that. It's like, mm -hmm. damn, it sucks. Mm-hmm. So in 2021, uh, the FBI search concentrated heavily on a, a residential area called Woodlawn Springs. It's a 250 acre, 280-home community in Bardstown, and they were there for a week. They lined the streets with their vehicles. They shut down certain streets. Uh, if weather was bad and they had to call off a search, they would have surveillance and people standing out and cameras to make sure that nothing was compromised. They took it very, very seriously. They took a, they used a list of any homes that were under construction during the time of Crystal's disappearance that were owned by Brooks House Company. And so when asked, how do you, where do you even begin? How do you begin to search the homes? How do you know which ones to look at? And they said, we start with all of them. And they oh, literally sure. scoured this residential community. Like I said, if he, uh, if it was a house that was being built under his company during the time she disappeared, they searched it. And when I say search, they were using ground penetrating radar. They were searching under and busting up driveways. Wow. Um, uh huh. So they actually had a cadaver dog hit on one of the driveways. And on August 27th, 2021, they found a few pieces of evidence that they called items of interest and they, <clears throat> have still not released to the public what those items were, but they sent mm -hmm. them off to the lab at Quantico for analysis. Again, that was in uh, 2000 in August of 2021. All right. So the FBI did obtain search warrants for Nick's home, the brother of her boyfriend, right? Right. Yeah. The and also his patrol car. Authorities have stated that quote bodily fluids were present in his patrol car. We've never heard wow. and no sources say what the fluids were, what DNA tests revealed, if anything, or anything I else mean, about it. I mean, I think every cop car in the country has bodily fluids in the car. Uh, sure, sure. But, I mean, they, they didn't say it in a – they certainly – Seemed to raise an eyebrow at it. It wasn't like a, okay. we expect there to be, you know, some dude got beat up in a scuffle and put in cuffs in the back of the car. I mean, I've had the trifecta twice. Yeah. So that's the yeah. period, period, blood, pee and poop in my backseat. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the worst. Sure. Or throw up, you know, like we, you know, the trifecta is like yeah. you get three, like piss, shit, yeah. throw up. Um, yeah. I actually had piss, shit and period blood all in the same one. But yeah, yeah I, uh, I wonder how, 
likely it was her bodily fluids or if they're well so it's interesting i actually when i was on the phone today with a police officer who worked in that department uh he did say that it's true that they did and no they haven't like basically i wasn't missing anything so have i missed where they stated anything about that and he said no they haven't that's what they did the holtz claw case they're like well they found dna on them and then everybody like ran on oh well he had dna on them but like when you look at the totality of it they didn't really find any right real dna on them um, so remember when Brooks said that the night Crystal went missing, they had gone to his family farm and took a walk and fed the cows and started a fire and all these things. Um, it was actually raining heavily that night. So it oh. wouldn't have made sense for them to take a big walk or to build a fire. Oh, right. We're not going to be building a fire. So we do know later that cadaver dogs did uh, were dispatched to that farm multiple times, but they were dispatched specifically to that burn pit that he referenced. Um, and they did make a hit on that burn pit with the cadaver dogs. Um, you think he again, cadaver up? dogs. Uh, I mean, it certainly seems that way or evident. Cadaver dogs also are fallible. Some are going to be more successful than others. We know this, but it's another tool. So like the, to- the totality of the polygraph and the cadaver dogs and this um, other information. So the most recent search from the FBI was in October of this past year. So in 2022, uh, it was at the Hauk family farm where she was last known to be. So keep in mind, they busted up a driveway at one of the places that was under construction that Brooks owned, and they are back to the farm. So it looks like both of these areas are pretty keen areas of interest for them. Um, I would I would even go so far as to say between um, remains and or evidence, we might have some things spread out in a few places. And if you have your brother who's a cop helping you out, you might be uh, a little bit ahead of the game there. So they were at the Hauk family farm back in October of 2022, where Crystal was last known to be. They used cadaver dogs again, and they used excavating equipment, concentrating on a very specific area of the over 200 acre farm. They used drones and they stated that again, they did collect more evidence that they hope will move the case forward. On a side note, uh, in 2014, uh, Crystal went missing in 15 and 2014 Brooks Hauk ran for sheriff there in the county. He was never a police officer, uh, but he ran uh, for a sheriff unsuccessfully. Um, if you have any questions or any tips or any leads on this, please call the Bardstown PD at 502-349-6562. We'll put this on Instagram as well. Or you can call the FBI that's operating there in Bardstown at 502-263-6000. Now, that's Sherry and Tommy. So, again, remember, Tommy was shot in the chest while hunting. That is poor Sherry who – nope, we're not there yet. Oh, we're still not there. I thought we were – Nope. Okay. Nope. Is this Nick? Is this Nick? Nope. Nope. Oh nope. God. That's there's the more to this talking case? about. There's more. Oh, is, this, is, this like, is this a part pictures. two? Is this part two or does it keep going? No, I can wrap this up in 15 minutes, but oh, where is well, I mean, like? take your time. I don't care. I just didn't know. I was like, I thought we were like at the end. I was like, damn, we didn't get to any of these cool pictures. Mm-mm. So, okay, Hey, listen, so going. I'm going to talk now all of thing. Everything I just told you started in 2015 with crystal and moved on just with her case. Right. But there are four other murders. One was Tommy, her father, right? And then we have um, three other murders that we're not going to get into detailed in that sense. We have um, a mother and daughter with the last name of Netherland, Kathy and Samantha Netherland, who were murdered in their home. Uh, The daughter was 16. 
um, in April of 2014. So the year prior, it's unsolved. I'm kind of skimming over it, not to lessen its importance um, or its reverence, but because a lot of people, when you look up this case and look at the Barnstown murders, they will include those, meaning that they feel like somehow they're linked to all this other stuff. I don't. And I can't find anything that really supports that they are whatsoever, even including Crystal's family. They don't seem to find a link either. Neither do authorities, but just general internet sleuths will always kind of lump them in with this group of five. So I'm going to mention them to mention that it happened then. And then now we're going to move on. So in 2013, May 25th of 2013, Jason Ellis was a police officer there in Nelson County. So the same police department that we have Nick Houck, and that is Jason, that we have Nick Houck and all the other mess. Jason worked there. Uh, he was a canine handler. Uh, and this particular night of May 25th, he was traveling down a highway not far from where Crystal's car was found. And as he travels down the highway, I think it's like 3 a.m., he'd gotten off shift. These details matter. He had just come from work. It was one night that he didn't have his dog with him. He almost always did. Did not have his dog with him. And uh, he was in a car, like kind of one of their pull cars, their fleet vehicle cars. All right. right. So not his normal marked car. So as he's coming around a bend, uh, he sees an obstruction in the road. And he gets out of his car. He leaves his door open, just kind of gets out and realizes that it's like tree limbs and branches, just a big pile and a mess in the middle of the road. And he leans down to, to move them out of the way for safety. And as soon as he does, as soon as he starts to lean down, he is shot multiple times. So give it a little bit of time. He was ambushed a hundred percent. So give it a little bit of time and a couple of people, I think a farmer from down the street and maybe a business, a local business owner from like a tavern or something, a brewery maybe, uh, are both kind of driving both stop, uh, and proceed to call 911. I don't have that call linked up. I'll try to get it to throw it on Instagram, but you hear the guy calling. And since it is a small town, the man that calls in sadly knows Jason Ellis so he's calling saying we have an officer down and dispatch is a little confused. And they were like, you know what happened? He said something about his car and they're like, Oh, was he in a wreck? And he was like, no, but he's, I think he's bleeding. Like, I think he was shot. And then they're like, yeah. you know, they're kind of going back and forth, not understanding trees in the road, the car in the road, some rain, right. the, you know, yeah. and then, you know, they pretty quickly realized what had happened. So police arrive on scene, they see him down, they see what's, what's going on. And, uh, and that kind of came and went. That is still unsolved. Now, Jason had a wife and two young wow. sons when that happened. What was uh, his involvement in that case? So he did not have involvement. This is a year prior to Crystal going missing. Oh, got you. Got so this is where when I said um, that I so I spoke with someone who who doesn't so now. He like, works. Wow. So he, the guy I spoke with today, I told him I would not use his name. Uh, he no longer works for that department, but he did. And he worked with Nick Houck for four years, I believe, prior to Crystal's disappearance and about a year after. Okay. All right. Uh, 
So my question to him was just, you know, did he work with him around that same time? And he, in fact, did. Now, everything online, any of the sources you find, will it makes it sound like Nick was relieved from duty within a month or two of all of this happening. It wasn't. It was at least over a year. So he worked with him for about over a year before Nick was relieved from his duty for blatant obstruction in this case at this point. It, it became more than him just telling his brother not to talk. He refused to cooperate. He was just too, too tied into this. Mm-hmm. So... The um, officer that I spoke with, I said, you know, how was Nick's demeanor? What was his personality like prior to this and then after? And he said that Nick, in his opinion, um, was always, in fact, his words were he always gave a serial killer vibe. And he kind of chuckled and he said, no, this dude was always off on his own. He said, I mean, he'd respond to calls, you know, he'd, he'd do what he had to do, but that he was just kind of flat, um, not a super friendly guy, was just kind of never present to the point where like, you know, you'd have roll call, you'd see him and immediately he's gone. Like, and you just kind of almost forget that he's working there. You don't really see him the rest of the shift. But he said, this dude had just a terrible vibe uh, at at every turn. Uh, And so he said, Mm -hmm. so in saying that, once Crystal's case came and went, and now he's being kind of questioned in her disappearance, you know, he said, to answer your question, his, he didn't change. Like his personality was exactly the same the whole time. I will tell you, I've seen interviews with Nick and he goes from being, when I say flat, I don't mean a flat affect necessarily, but his tone just doesn't change. He can keep his tone pretty level Mm -hmm. um, until they, until they kind of let him know that they're implicating him or questioning him um, as being complicit in a crime that occurred with Crystal, and he immediately will go from zero to rage, anger, um, saying that he didn't do it, but just incredibly angry. Like the guy looked like he could snap on a dime in that sense um, with anger. And so I asked, uh, I asked this officer his opinion of the Jason Ellis case, the officer that was ambushed in the middle of the road. And I said, you know, everything I see, it's, you know, you know, that there's a link, maybe the FBI thinks there's a link, you know, everyone seems to think there's a link with Crystal and her father, Tommy and Jason Ellis. And he said, he immediately said, I don't, he said, I don't think that there is a link and that really nobody in the department does think that there's a link. Uh, I do think that we, as the public try to make things like that make sense. And so he said that uh, they actually kind of have it. The fact that you have two ambushes, Right. And that's why I think it looks that way. He did say, though, that this officer, uh, Jason Ellis, you know, all of this is speculation, but just from his kind of inside point of view there that Jason Ellis had not long ago arrested some guy. Uh, He said he does not know the charge, but the guy was drunk when he was taken in. But there had been threats on Jason's life from this guy, which, you know, people say stupid stuff. It doesn't mean they're going to obviously follow through with it. But. I guess enough to warrant police to talk to this guy the night after, like immediately after Jason was murdered. And when they did, he, um, I guess he had grass stains on his pants and things like that consistent with him maybe being there and, you know, being laying in a woodline waiting for Jason's car to come around. They think that maybe there were two people. Cause he's like, you can't tell. I mean, who's going to stop for that brush. So he almost thinks somebody was like following him to let yeah, that guy like know. Super weird you know, what was going on. Um, But he doesn't think he thinks it was something like that. He really doesn't feel like they're connected at all. Now talking about Crystal and Brooks, I asked him his opinion on that and about 
Brooks, well, he come to find out this officer, it's interesting. Not only did he work with Nick, the brother, for about five years total, he actually owned a home that Brooks built. Hmm. So he said that Brooks and Crystal came over to his home quite often during the building phase and as he was getting settled in and those kinds of things. So he personally knew Brooks and Crystal. And he said that they fought like cats and dogs all the time. His words were actually they couldn't stand each other. Uh, he said they were always at each other's throats. And so when I was asking him, you know, I said, obviously, I think that the speculation, you know, just the general thoughts for most people would be that, uh, Brooks had something to do with Crystal's murder and, you know, called on his brother to help him clean it up. Uh, he said, no, he said, I don't think he basically said that Brooks was a coward. He didn't think there's any way that guy could do something like that. Not that he wasn't a horrible person, but he didn't think he could physically do it. And I said, you mean not even in the heat of the moment, you know, they're having a bad argument and he snaps and you know, whatever. I don't know. He punches her and she falls back and hits her head on something like who knows. Um, he did say though, instead he said, I could see Nick doing this all day long. He said, I can 100% without a shadow of a doubt, see Nick. Uh, doing something like this. He said, I worked alongside the dude for years. He said, I said, so people seem to think, you know, like I said, that Brooks did it, but Nick helped him clean it up. Do you think it would be the opposite? And he said, yeah, but obviously we know Nick wouldn't really have a motive to kill Crystal, not one that we know of. So well, I think do it, it for his brother. Well, so, right. So in his opinion, you know, when, if he's, if we're just kind of all speculating here, uh, he thinks it's much more likely that Brooks wanted her dead and called on his brother to do it. And then they together cleaned it up. And so when I asked about the motive, why her brother would want him, you know, would want her gone. He said, Brooks, you know, is a multimillionaire. He's got this, all this money. He said, they hated each other. If he wanted her gone, she's going to take, they have the child together. They're not married, but they have that child together. And so I think that that was in his head. Uh, you know, again, y'all, this is just speculation from someone who worked with him, but kind of what he thinks, what it looks like. I asked him if I could say all this. He said, yeah, for sure. But it sounds like he's not the only one. It sounds like people who knew them, you know, uh, well, all were kind of under this same idea. Either way, the case is not solved. And now Brooks, the boyfriend, has a new blonde girlfriend named Crystal who works for his property management company. Oh, what? What's wrong yeah. with her? I feel like if you knew some shit was down, like you either are like super. But she got kinky. in trouble. She got you in know trouble. What? With the Megan law. B in the chats. I think Megan B in the chats would be like that. She'd be like, "Wait a minute, you potentially involved in a cold case." Well, listen. Wait, so let um, me get them digits. So actually, his new girlfriend <laughs> Crystal kidding. got in trouble with the law for going around town and pulling up all the signs that Crystal's father had had put out. Mm. So. Whew. I'm done. That is intense, man. I well, Kentucky is a fucking weird place, man. But um, oh yeah, I don't know. Um, that made me tired. I bet. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think this Nick character seems pretty pretty fishy, but um, oh, I think they both do. I think they both. I 100 think they are both fully complicit. Yeah, this. this Nick guy seems pretty pretty odd, pretty weird. But you know, all this stuff comes to light. These guys don't make it forever. Um, 
I know there's so many people in the chats who are caught up on the, the ambush. Um, I mean, cops get ambushed like that quite often. Um, the old shit in the road trick uh, has gotten several officers around the country killed. And I think that most police departments probably study those um, because we talk, you know, police departments do train in situational awareness and different mm-hmm. things because, you know, ambush is the number one reason why cops die. Um, that's why we, you know, it's, it's impossible not to get ambushed. Right. So we go to uh, a lot of domestic violence cases. You got a lot of long gravel driveways that are super dark. Um, Mm -hmm. That's been, they've been ambushed that way, going to domestic violence cases um, and getting shot through the windows while they're walking up. I mean, there's a lot of cases we do study. Most agencies do study because that is the number one way cops get killed is they get ambushed. Uh, They get ambushed in their car, so, you know, they're, I'm trying to think of the story of where um, a particular cop stopped to get out uh, um, to move a, a dead deer and was shot and killed. And so there's, you know. Um, right. Well, and her father that, was ambushed, you know, like we said. You know, so. And her father was ambushed. So, I mean, if you are a police officer like Nick and you have studied other officers being ambushed, yeah, you know, you know, it works out pretty well. So and keep in mind that fire four days after her that. father died. I mean, yeah, you know, weird. there's a lot of things that are seem beyond coincidence that, you know, that's a great way to dispose of evidence. And if you own all these homes, if you own, all, you know, this construction like that and you're building and owning homes and property management, you can get in and out of things. I mean, he could have evidence spread across half of Bardstown at this point. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Um, I mean, especially if Nick was the one that just did it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if Nick was already kind of like some kind of like serial killer of sorts, he could well, have been like, well, you know what? They fight all the time. He fucking hates that bitch. He called me the other night. Told me how much he hates that bitch. Well, he I'm said gonna, so. Uh, the, the officer gonna, that I, I spoke with. For him. Yeah. The one I spoke with said that Brooks and Nick were very, very close. He said, I have no doubt Nick would do anything at Brooks's beck and call or vice versa, that they were very, very tight. Right. Um, and, you know, would definitely without hesitation do something like that. That's a wild case. Well, I know that you probably have some Patreon content with this episode. Um, maybe some interviews that are going to go up on Patreon with some family members potentially. Or Hopefully. So I will tell you that I have been in contact with Crystal's uncle uh, and we actually texted some today. Some of the family is a bit more outspoken than others. And now that the FBI has ramped up searches again and it is an open case, his words to me today were just that he didn't know how much he could say. And, you know, guys, we never want to do anything that would jeopardize. I would much rather someone not talk to me than ever worry about messing something up. So he did say today that he wasn't sure what he could say, but go ahead. So I asked him a few questions that I was able to kind of clarify a little bit more with that police officer. He did say that there was some evidence and facts shared with law enforcement um, with he and his brother, or excuse me, with Tommy, Crystal's father, um, and himself, that he and Tommy uncovered on their own um, that can't be shared. So he does know of some evidence that the public doesn't know. So the family is aware of some things we don't know, which is fine, and that's good. Uh, Tommy had an entire, her father, between the time she passed or she went missing and four, 16 months later when he was shot, he had amassed a, an entire uh, like cabinetry 
full of things that he had collected, potential evidence, questions, interviews. I mean, he full on worked the case as though it was his job. And so he that got passed over to his wife upon his uh, murder. But so that's what the uncle was talking about there. Yes, but absolutely. The more I can talk to people like that, I'd love to throw some of that content on Patreon. Cool. I'm doing a Patreon tomorrow. So you guys will stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, so um, listen, guys, if you would go and call uh, eight, what is it? Eight two eight or eight. What, no, what's no, the no. number deadline? Yeah, it's no, um, no, no, I'm sorry. No, for uh, comm center. Oh, eight, four, eight, uh, eight, four, eight, com nine, one, one. That's eight, four, eight, C O M M nine, one, one. Um, and that number is eight, four, eight, two, six, 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 nine, one, one. Go leave those guys a voice Thanks. message. It can be anonymous. You could do a bitch and complaint. Like, you know what? Really? burns my britches um or you can leave something serious um you can send a shout out but they love to play the audio and the audio is so good on that com center show that show is really um blown up hit that smash smash hit that smash boy maybe i've had too many beers tonight um smash that like button and the subscribe button leave us a five-star rating or review on the patreon support our awesome sponsors like ghost bed if you're not sleeping on a ghost bed pillow you're not even sleeping mental health starts with a good night's sleep go to ghostbed.com get you that uh get you that beautiful sleep right now it's still 50 percent off um through that fourth of july sale they run it for one week after fourth of july it's the best sale of the year um other than christmas so get your goods now and then um again if you we have five more night shifts as you know it and then it will be true crime tuesday and night shift 2.0 and they will be two different totally two different shows um one will be more professional true crime and the other one will be a little bit more relaxed um you know mythical mystical fantastical uh all the weirdness um michael hendrickson is a dollar 99 super sticker thank you homie you've been awesome in the chats all day if you haven't been on patreon we are up to 99 subscribers on our Patreon. So if you want to be that 100th subscriber, that would be dope. That would be cool to get us 100 on there. And we'll start working on 200. We've only had this Patreon up now for almost two months. And um, you know, we're still building as a company. We're still building as a podcast network. We're one of the only uh, first responder podcast channels, meaning that we do multiple shows on one channel a week. And so this is a new concept. And all the money that you guys give us helps to grow this thing, bring on new first responders, other first responders to get going. And uh, as we keep building this thing week to week, we couldn't do it without you guys, the faithful and the loyal Wolfpack. We love you guys. Uh, until next time, from myself and the wonderful, audacious Andrea Uplate, guns up, giddy up. Night, y'all. <laughs>